happy feast day to all of you. The mission of the angels can be described in three words, worship, proclaim, serve. The primary mission of the angels is to worship God. And then the, mess, the angels are messengers. They proclaim the good news. And then God, in his love for us, sends the angels to serve us. Well, the mission of the angels is also our mission. Our primary duty as believers is to give our worship first and foremost to God. And like the angels, we're called to announce the gospel, to evangelize, to go forth from here and to share the good news. And then we're all to be configured to Jesus, who came not to be served, but to serve, to make the love of God tangible in our world. Well, of this threefold mission of the angels and our mission, I want to focus today just on worship. And I want to focus on worship because we're in this three-year nationwide Eucharistic revival calling us back to the magnificence and importance, the gift we have in the Mass and in the Holy Eucharist. So, worship. The first point I want to make about worship. We don't decide and make up for ourselves how we're going to worship God. God tells us and shows us how we are to worship Him. We see this in the Bible, a uniformity in worship. So we don't see like, well, the Jews in Joppa decide, hey, you know what, we got a new worship band together. Come to Joppa. Or the, the, the Jews in Bethany, they don't say, well, we got a latte bar. Or the Jews in Capernaum say, well, have you seen our new light show? No. We don't just create for ourselves ways we want to worship God. Now, there's many ways to pray, but God shows us how He wants us to worship Him. And at the heart of worship in the Jewish and Christian covenants is sacrifice. Sacrifice is always at the center of our worship. And so for the Jews, they would make their sacrifices in the temple in Jerusalem. There was an altar and there was a priesthood. As Christians, we see these things, right? We come to church, this sacred temple building. There is an altar and there is a new priesthood in the new covenant, the one priesthood of Jesus Christ. We see these parallels between Jewish and Christian worship. Well, now the Jewish priests, they offered sacrifices daily in the temple, and certainly on major feast days, they would offer sacrifice. So what were some of the sacrifices the Jewish priests would offer? Well, they would burn and offer incense before the Holy of Holies, representing the prayer of the people rising up to God. And they would burn incense in adoration and worship of God. They would offer grain and cereal offerings to celebrate and give thanks to God for the fruits of the harvest, recognizing that all we have is ultimately a gift from God and it's all to be used for the glory of God. And then they would offer lambs in sacrifice and atonement for sin. But the truth is, all the lambs that could be sacrificed in the temple, none of them had the ability ultimately to remove the sin of humanity. So all of the sacrifice of the Old Testament was a foreshadowing of the one perfect sacrifice that would be made by the Lamb of God. 
that God himself would provide a lamb to remove the sin of the world. And so when John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Jesus is the Lamb by whose blood the sin of the world will be forgiven. And so this is now the one perfect act of worship. It is Jesus' total self-offering to the Father. Jesus is the high priest who offers his life and sacrifice to the Father for the forgiveness of the sins of the world and for our salvation. And now it's through the Mass that we participate in divine worship. We participate in this one perfect act of worship, Jesus' self-offering. Every time we gather for the Mass, Jesus' one saving sacrifice on Calvary is represented, made present anew. Think of that word, represent. Represented as represent, made present anew. Mel Gibson beautifully caught this in the movie The Passion of the Christ. So they show the crucifixion of Jesus, and then they flash back to the Last Supper, and they show the body of Christ being lifted up. And then they show again the crucifixion of Jesus, and they flash back to the Last Supper, and they show the blood and the chalice being lifted up. Every time at Mass, the priest is lifting up the body and blood of Jesus. This is the one saving sacrifice of Jesus being made present to us anew. We're here at Calvary. And this is how God wants us to worship. This is why Jesus says, do this in memory of me. Jesus wants to take us up now into the one perfect act of worship. There's no further need for sacrifice in the temple. Jesus has made the sacrifice, and we are to participate in the one sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. This is the heart of all Christian worship, to be taken up with Jesus in offering ourselves with Jesus to the Father. Now, how do we get the most out of our worship? The Second Vatican Council called us to a full and active participation in the Mass. And this is primarily done interiorly. In our hearts, we are here to pray from our heart. And the Mass encompasses all the forms of prayer, praise, contrition, petition, adoration, and thanksgiving. And so we begin the Mass by singing our praise to God. And then at the very beginning of Mass, we pray a prayer of contrition. Actually, say, Jesus, I want to repent of my sin. Forgive me. Are we saying that at the beginning of Mass? Jesus, have mercy on me. And then we are attentive to the Word of God. The Word of God is active in a life, St. Paul says. This is not a dead word, but a living word where Jesus still speaks to us today in His Word. In just a few minutes then, we're going to offer our prayers of petition to the Father. And then we have prayer of adoration when Jesus is made present on the altar. Some people make a simple act of faith at the consecration when the priest elevates Jesus in the Eucharist. They say, My Lord and my God, I believe, Jesus, you are here. And the prayer of thanksgiving, right? When we receive Jesus in Holy Communion, we're thankful. We have grateful hearts. We know all the praise for on our convocation this week, our workshop. And Dr. Feingold, uh, 
great scholar on the Eucharist was our presenter and he said, how do we get the most out of Holy Communion? How is the Eucharist going to be efficacious and fruitful in our life? And he mentioned three things. First, he said, first we've got to be patient. The spiritual life is a process of deepening conversion. And he said, think about getting old. You know, do we see day by day the aging process? No. But if I look at a picture of myself 10 years ago, I say, oh my gosh, I see how I've aged in the last 10 years. But day to day, I don't notice any change. Well, the same in our spiritual life. We don't see the little changes every day, but hopefully we look back 10 years ago and say, yeah, I'm not the person I used to be. I'm not falling into that sin as much as I used to. Thanks be to God, I see God's grace at work in my life. Now secondly, he said, if Holy Communion is going to be fruitful in our lives, it's going to be related to our capacity to give ourselves to God. See, if I come to Mass with a closed heart, not really giving myself, why do I expect that I'm going to receive and, and get much out of Holy Communion? I gotta first offer myself if I'm clinging to myself and refusing to give myself, surrendering myself to Jesus, closing my heart to God, he's not gonna penetrate my heart. Dr. Feinbold said, we've got to remind Catholics that this is a two-way street. We're not here just to receive, we're also here to give. And our offering at Mass is so important. I've heard a parishioner at St. Michael give his testimony. He said this, he said, you know what, the offertory prayers, I really pray, Father, I give my life to you. And then he says, I grab hold of my wife and I say, and I offer my wife to you and my children to you. And Lord, all that I have belongs to you. All my possessions, all my money, it's all yours. Everything is a gift from you and I give it all back. That's what we're supposed to do at every Mass. We're supposed to be offering our lives to God. Let's, let's think about that. And then finally, Dr. Feinbold, he said, the Eucharist is only gonna be fruitful and efficacious if we receive Jesus with devotion and fervor and love and attentiveness. If I come up to receive Holy Communion completely distracted, and inattentive to what I'm doing, why would I think it's gonna change me? We've gotta awaken. This is the whole point of the revival. Jesus is here, the glorified Lord, risen, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and holy communion. Okay, the angels are here. They're here to worship God with us. What a gift we have now to participate in divine worship, to offer our lives to Jesus in every Mass to the Father. All of our brokenness, our weakness, our shortcomings, our joys, our sorrows, we offer our lives up here with Jesus to the Father, and God comes to us in the Holy Eucharist. Let's receive Jesus today and every time we come to Mass with great devotion, attentiveness, and it will bear much fruit in our lives.